This morning I'm going to be in Psalm chapter 42 if you want to be turning there. I actually had another, um, another message planned and um, uh, it was going to be um, something that I, I felt like that um, there were more that were not going to be here this morning that needed that message. And so I'm going to hold that one off until next week and go with another one that I believe will be fitting for what um, we're going through as a church today. In Psalm chapter 42, we're going to read the entire psalm. It's 11 verses. And as is our custom, uh, we stand to give reverence to reading the living and powerful Word of God. So when you get there, if you would, and you have the means and you're able, please stand for it. And if you need to remain seated, that's okay. Psalm chapter 42 We'll begin in verse 1, and I would ask this morning that if you have it, if you have your Bibles, try to follow along with me. If you don't, you use your phone, you can download. I'm preaching from the English Standard Version, the ESV Version, so you could download a free one from your app store very quickly. And so um, if you want to get that and follow along with me, I promise you will get more out of it. Psalm chapter 42, beginning in verse 1, this is what it says. And I'm going to start with the title of it and then go all the way down. In mine it says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? It says, To the choir master, a mascal, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment, a mascal of the sons of Korah. Verse 1, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before you, God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng or the multitude and lead them in procession to the house of God with with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me by day, The Lord commands His steadfast love, and at night His song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. You can be seated. This morning, um, I felt led to um, kind of get off of my series on being born again and the sanctification process in our lives. 
and um, go more, more toward a uh, place that I believe would speak encouragement and it would give you tools to help. Um, and the reason I say this is not just because we have recently lost a family member, but this year, the last year and a half, maybe two years, has been a hard year on our church. Um, I, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning, but there would be a lot of hands raised this morning when we talked about somebody that has lost someone very close to them or have been through a very dark trial in their life. And so I wanted to, to speak to you this morning as your pastor from the Word of God in the hopes that it will give you specific tools to be able to navigate your own uh, dark season that you're going through. And so we're going to look at what the Word of God has to say in it in Psalm chapter 42. I want you to notice first off that it says, again, and I read the title to you. The title is, Why Are You Cast Down, O My Soul? In other words, this psalmist and whoever is writing this, they understand that they have reason to be cast down. They have reason to be in mourning. And I don't believe that they have lost a loved one here. I believe that they're in some kind of a, um, a dark season in their life that literally it makes it feel like a deadly wound that they have, like something is crushing them. And now some of you are thinking, well, that's what it feels like whenever you lose a loved one, someone that's very close to you. But I still believe that his, his circumstances were a little different because of some of the things that he said. For instance, he says things like, um, they say to me, all day long, where is your God? So in other words, there are people outside of him that whatever he's going through, apparently he's been going through it for so long and he's always been one to proclaim the goodness of his God. And now he's been in a season of darkness for so long that the people outside of him that are not believers are looking at him and taunting him and literally saying things like, where's your God at now? And I'm going to tell you, that's a tough place to be when you're in a dark season in your life. Because sometimes you even ask that question, right? And we hear him ask this question in this psalm. He says, where are you, Lord? Why have you forgotten me? But now we know that what he's doing in this psalm, he's not losing faith. He's fighting to hold on to faith. And that's what I love about this psalm. This psalm is so beautiful because... He starts the psalm out with a fight, and he ends with a fight. Literally, the way he ends the psalm, look, look at the way he starts it. Psalm 42, verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, God, for the living God. When shall I come? In a so here's the point that I'm saying. He begins this psalm in his darkness and he's fighting. He's not giving up. He knows God is there, but he's crying out to God, and he's fighting with everything in him. But then look at the way he ends it. Look at the very last verse in verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. In other words, I'm not praising you the way that I know I should be praising you right now. Anybody ever felt that way in your life? He says, I know I'm not there, but notice the fight that he ends with. He says, but I shall again praise him, 
My salvation, or that word could also be interpreted, my deliverer. In other words, the one that will deliver me from this season of darkness and every season of darkness. He will deliver me. It may take a lifetime to do it, but there is coming a day when this darkness is going to be lifted and the light will be the only thing left to shine. And so he reminds himself of these things so that he fights for hope with everything in him. Now some of you may not be in that place this morning. I mean, you know, I can't tell you how many times I sit with families that are mourning or going through the loss of a loved one or I sit with families that are going through a, a dark season of darkness and, um, and they're just struggling. They're struggling. But then I look next door to them and there's a family that sees them going through it and they hurt for them, but they're not in that same place. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But you can at least know, I believe most everybody in here has at least been through times of darkness in your life that even though you may not be there right now, you can at least think back and at least still remember a glimpse of it so that you can still relate, Right? And if you're not there today, how many of you know that tomorrow is how quick you can be there? In the blink of an eye, everything in your life can change. In the blink of an eye, you can lose a child. You say, preacher, shut up. I agree with you. But how many of you know I'm speaking the truth? In the blink of an eye, you could lose everything you own and be homeless. In the blink of an eye, everything in your life can change and you can be in a season of darkness like this man. Listen to some of the ways that he describes his darkness. Of course, he talks about in verse 3, he says, My tears have been my food day and night. You ever been there? Day and night, you were in such a darkness that the only thing that there was to eat was tears. That's what's been my food day and night. Go with me over to um, um, verse, um, actually finish that verse with me. My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, where is your God? So not only is he, is he suffering from his own darkness, but he don't even have a real good support system outside of his darkness, does he? They're looking at him and they're saying, why do you still have faith in this God? You remember what Job's wife said to him whenever he was in his darkest season? She didn't say, Job, keep the faith. What'd she say? Why don't you curse God and die already? So many times in your season of darkness, you know, it's nice that we have a church family for the most part that gathers around us whenever we're in a, a real hard time of darkness. But the truth of the matter is you don't always have that, right? Not always. Sometimes the only thing you've got for a support system is those that look at you and say, what about your faith now? Where's this great God at that you sing about and that you praise about? Where's he at today? And what do you say? Because the truth of the matter is, you feel like you don't know where he's at. You don't know how to answer. You know he's there, but you don't know how to answer. And then keep reading with me. Go down to um, verse... Um, Seven, he says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. In other words, what you see in this is it seems like one flood after another has just come across this guy. 
So this is not just a single incident. This is sort of like a Job situation. Not only did he suffer this, but before he had time to get up and get past this one, guess what? Bam! Here comes another one. And so he says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. He recognizes that God is sovereign. God allows this or doesn't allow this. You remember, before Satan could attack Job, what do you have to do? He came before God. God said, have you considered my servant Job? Because Satan came and he said, hey, I've been going to and fro the earth. I've been looking for somebody that I could test their faith to see if they're really true to you. God said, well, if you consider my servant Job, you remember what Satan said? Oh, yeah. I've been watching him, but I can't get to him. Why? There's a hedge of protection around him. But I'll tell you what do. You lift that hedge of protection and you let me get at his, at, at, at his family and his, his blessings that you so blessed him with because who wouldn't follow you the way you've blessed him, right? Who wouldn't praise you the way that you've blessed him? You let me get at and you take, let me take some of that away. He'll curse you. He'll deny you. He'll walk away from you. You remember what God said? All that he has is in your hand. Only don't take his life. In other words, the point being is this, is that God is a sovereign God. And while we don't understand His will so many times, He is the one that allows everything to take place or not take place in our lives. He can stop any of it at any moment, and He can let anything take place that He chooses to take place. And he has a purpose and a reason for why he does it. That's the reason why we pray things like the song we sung. Father, not our will. Yours be done. You are sovereign. We know you're good. We trust you and we love you. And so deep calls unto deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. That's the way he describes the, the pain that he's going through. Look at verse 10, how he describes it some more. As with a deadly wound in my bones. Did you catch the way he described the pain that he feels? It's like somebody has took a deadly uh, weapon and it has just put, made a mortal wound in my bones. And they're just twisting this knife. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? So he has every reason to be cast down right now, right? I mean, he, there, is, there is every reason for him to, uh, to be uh, depressed and to be in a dark place. And there's probably every reason, at least in the circumstances, for him to almost be hopeless. He has every reason. But he's fighting. And I want to show you exactly how this man fights. We're going to, another thing I want to point out, I didn't get there. When I told you the title, it says, To the Choir Master, a masculine. A masculine of the sons of Korah. Now, one of the things that you'll learn if you go back and you study some of the original language is that a masculine comes from a word that, mean, that, that means to instruct or to make wise. So, in other words, this is a poem or a song, and its purpose is that it was written to instruct you and to make you wise. And in this particular context, I believe what this psalm is for is to instruct you 
and to make you wise in going through your own trials that God allows you to go through. And so I believe that there are things that we can pick out of this psalm so that when you are in your dark moment, and as I said, you may not be there today, but you better listen and be instructed and become wise today because tomorrow may be your day. And so let's take a look at some of the things that we see. The first thing he says is this in verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. The first thing that we see that this psalmist does to instruct you in how he dealt with his season of darkness and how he is dealing with his season of darkness is that he recognizes that there is only one that can bring him through this season of darkness. And his thirst is for the only one. In other words, he's not... How many of us typically typically try to find our answers by going deeper into the darkness. Anybody in here ever suffered from depression? You ain't got to raise your hand. But what do you do when you normally get depressed? Do you turn toward God or do you normally just turn and go deeper into the darkness? You shut your door in your bedroom, you throw the covers over your head, and you just try to hide from everyone and everything, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Normally, you try to go deeper into the darkness. This guy understands that that will not get him through his season of darkness. This is not the method that he is going to uh, put forth so that it's going to deliver him from his darkness. The only thing that will do is drive him deeper into it. And so... He recognizes here that I have to thirst for God in this thing. Now, the the reason why this is important is because the whole purpose behind the curse, the whole purpose behind suffering in our life is that we are not the kind of people that, that run to God and seek God when things are going good in our life. Y'all know what I'm talking about there too, right? The truth of the matter is... When things are going good in your life and when everything's happening the way that it should, you're out there living your life, you ain't pursuing God, you ain't seeking God, you ain't trying to grow in God. The fact of it is you're probably not even talking to Him at all. But what happens when all of a sudden something happens in your health? The doctor comes out and says, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you've you've got cancer. What do you do? You start seeking God, don't you? Or what do you do whenever one of your children are in trouble? You get news, my child's got this going on in his life, or my child's health, or or something. Something's happening in your child's life. Where do you go? God, I need you. I, I need you. Unfortunately, we are the kind of people that unless suffering comes into our life, We're not thirsting for God. We're not seeking God. And so it's important. You remember what God told Adam whenever he cursed the ground? He said, Adam, cursed is the ground for what? For your sake. 
Think about that. In other words, I'm doing this for what? For your own good. The reason why suffering is in the world is because outside of suffering, we don't go to God, we walk further away from God. And so God allows these sufferings to come into our life because that is the very thing that if we are wise, it will turn us to thirst after Him. And so we have to understand that in your dark season, you have to be careful that you don't allow the darkness to try to push you deeper into the darkness. That is not the path of deliverance. But I'm telling you, that's the natural path for everyone. Naturally, you go into depression. Naturally, you go into hopelessness. Naturally, you separate yourself from everything and everybody, right? That's naturally what happens. This guy is writing something to instruct us and to make us wise so that what you do in your season of darkness is that you don't turn away from God, but instead you turn toward Him and you thirst for Him. I love the way he puts it. As a deer pants for flowing streams. You know, I've got this little dog, little weenie dog. we got a love-hate relationship. But this little dog will follow me everywhere I go on the four-wheeler. I'm out there, I get the four-wheeler, and I go out and just uh, playing with the cows and just enjoying out there. But everywhere I go, this little dog follows me, and he'll walk, his legs ain't that long. But he's, he's tracking every step with me. And by the time I get done and get back to the house, what do you think this dog is doing? I'm, I'm talking about, and then he'll lay down on his side. I think he's going to have a, I mean, I just don't think he's going to make it. But he is panting so hard for, because he is so thirsty and he so needs refreshment. And this is the picture that I see when he says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, this is the way that my soul pants for you right now, God. This is the kind of seeking that is going on in this guy's life. He's not just talking about that this darkness just put him on his knees and he came to the altar one time and he prayed, Lord, I need your help. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about every minute of every day he keeps on and he keeps on and he's seeking God and he's panting with everything in him until the refreshment comes. Until the thirst is quenched. In verse 2 he says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before you, God? It makes me think about the time that uh, Jacob uh, wrestled uh, the angel for God's blessing. You remember that? He said, I will not let go of you until you bless me. And that's what I see in this right here is I see a man that, said, that is going after God and, after, and he don't quit. God, I won't turn loose. I won't turn loose until the refreshing comes. I won't turn loose until there is a peace that passeth all understanding. I won't turn loose until I know that you are with me. I will not turn loose until my thirst is quenched. And that's the first way. Keep reading with me. Verse 4, go with me. The next thing he does is he remembers the past joys that he had. Verse 4, he says, These things I remember, 
as I pour out my soul. So, so again, he's pouring out his soul to God. He's thirsting for God. He's going after God with everything in him because God is the only one that can lift the season of darkness. He's it. He is my only hope. But as he pours out his soul, he remembers some things. Look what he remembers. I remember how I would go with the throng or the, the multitude, the crowd. I remember how I would go with the crowd and how I would lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts. In other words, I remember the times in my life when I, when I had nothing but praise to give. Because let's just face it, a lot of times in our depression, we try to be tempted to think that it's all just bad. But the truth of the matter is, your life has not been all bad. There have been times in your life where you've been very joyful. There have been times in your life to where everything was looking up. Times in your life to where you saw the blessing of God all around you. And you went with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping the festival. We remind ourselves in these dark times, here's the answer. As I pour my heart out to Him, if I don't want to go into complete hopelessness and just go deep into the state of depression, I remind myself that God has been gracious to me. I've had so much to be thankful for. Yes, I am in a season of darkness right now. Yes, it does hurt. Yes, I do feel hopeless. But I remind myself there was a time I used to go to the house of God with the crowd and we sang glad shouts together. There was a time when we sang praises together for the goodness of God in our lives. And I'm going to remember those times. You know, as uh, for us right now, we think about... Um, um, Brother Eddie and uh, Anels told me back here just a minute ago she wanted to, um, and it's just the grace of God that we had the service for him, we did. But she said, you know, I really expected to come in here and just bawl my eyes out. And she said, and, and we, she said, we just got to sit in here and just think about the good things in his life and we just got to celebrate him. And, and that's exactly right. The point is, is that one of the ways that you get through your seasons of darkness is to think back on the good things. It was not all bad. It's not always been bad. Am I saying that Eddie Smith was a perfect person and that, um, that we had nothing but good to look back on? No. Go ask my wife if she's married to a perfect person and our marriage of 24 years now has been nothing but good. No. Come on. Anybody in here married? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, the fact of the matter is, I'm not saying that it's always good, but I'm also not saying that it's always been bad. It hasn't. I remember the good times. I remember the times that me and Eddie Smith butted heads. And I remember the times that, 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 that he loved me like his own son. I remember times that he'd give me the shirt off of his back or, his, or as you, if you were at the, the funeral service, give me his gun, his truck, and his daughter all in the same day. I mean, so I, mean, I can sit back and I can remember the past joys and all the good, all the good that, um, that, that we have had. And that is the way that you're going to get through your season's joy too. And that's what he reminds us to do. Keep reading with me in verse 5. Here's the next thing he does. 
Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. Can anybody pick out what this guy's doing next? You know, how many times are the problems that you have in your life because you listen to yourself more than you preach to yourself? <laughs> Think about what this guy's saying right here. Look what he says. Why are you cast down on my soul? Well, listen what he could have said to that. He could have said, I know why I'm cast down. You see what I've been going through? You see the darkness? There's a reason for me to be cast down. But he doesn't just listen to himself. He says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach to myself. And notice what he says. He says, self, hope in God. Hope in God, self. Yes, it's dark. Yes, it hurts. Yes, you're panting with everything in you for refreshment, for the thirst to be quenched. But self, hope in God. And notice why we can hope in God. For I shall again praise Him. I'm not praising Him right now the way I want to. I'm not praising Him right now the way that, that I know that He deserves to be praised. But here's what I know. I will praise Him again one day. It's coming. It's coming. I will praise Him again. And here's why. Because He is my salvation. He is my deliverer. Like I told you a minute ago. I'm not saying right now that um, all your darkness is going to be lifted in this life. No, the truth of the matter is we're looking forward to when the darkness is all going to be lifted. Right now, here's what Jesus said. He said, in this world you will have what? Trouble. Tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And then he said... Earlier, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again to receive you and to take you with me so that where I am, there you may be also. If it were not so, I would not have told you. And so here we have a reminder that says, even though he may not deliver us from, you know, Eddie, we went to, um, to Disneyland the week before. Great trip. But truth of the matter is, I've, I've never seen Eddie Smith so frail. Never. Um, I mean, just so frail. His health was just declining. And that week, I don't know what was going on. Something was going on. But he, if he hadn't had that scooter that he rode, he, he'd never made it. It's just that simple. And in years, I've, we've all watched, Eddie, that in the years his health has just kind of declined. And he would have seasons where his strength would come back and he'd do all right. But then he'd have another season where his health would decline. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? This is the kind of body that we live in. I'm not telling you that God is going to lift your season of darkness completely right now. You may have to deal with this darkness, but here's what this guy knows. There is coming a day that I will praise Him again because He is my salvation. He is my deliverer. He is my God. And so, even though I'm in the darkness, I'm suffering right now, I'm not going to lose hope because I shall again one day praise Him. 
And so instead of listening to himself and looking at all the darkness around us, because how many of you know that's what our eyes naturally go toward? Our eyes don't naturally go toward the goodness of God, the hope of God, and everything that God has promised us. Our eyes go to, well, this is where I'm at. And this guy says, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to listen to that. I am going to hope in God because I will again praise Him one day. It may be tomorrow. It may not. It may be in eternity. But one thing I know, He's my deliverer. He's going to take this darkness completely away one day. One day. One day there will be no more death. One day there will be no more sickness. No, one day there will be no more sorrow, no more tears. No, there will be no darkness in this place. Hope in God, self. Kevin, hope in God. Keila, hope in God. For we shall again praise Him. He is my deliverer. And He is my God. Is it dark? Why, yeah, it's dark. Does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts. Does it feel hopeless? Yeah, it feels hopeless. But I ain't listening to that junk. I hope in God. Because I shall again praise Him. He is my deliverer and He is my God. So don't listen to yourself. Preach to yourself. Keep reading. Notice what he says next. My soul is cast down within me. He don't deny that. Y'all see that? He's not saying that you don't, shouldn't feel no hurt and you shouldn't ever cry and you shouldn't ever... Have, that's not what he's saying. He's saying all this in tears that are his food day and night. But he ain't losing hope. He's fighting for it with everything in him. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, what does he do? I remember you. I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon from Mount Mazar. Without going deep into that, it's simply in the place that he's at, in the floodlands of Jordan where the floods just rolled over and over. Even though he, that's where he's at right now, I remember you, God. <laughs> I remember who you are. I remember what you've promised me. I remember what you have done for me in the past, and I know you'll do it again. Verse 7, deep calls unto deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. But notice what he does next in verse 8. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. He reminds himself that God loves him. <laughs> you ever been in such a dark time that you wonder, maybe, maybe God don't even know me. The way I feel right now, maybe, maybe God don't even love me. He says, by day the Lord commands His steadfast love. In other words, God don't let him just fall so deep in hopelessness that he forgets that God loves him. God commands His steadfast love in the day toward me. And then notice what He says next. And at night His song is with me. So in the daytime, He reminds Himself of God's um, love for him for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners ungodly Christ died for us you wonder 
Does God love you? He reminds himself, God loves me. God loves me. And then in the nighttime, you know what he does? He sings. Notice what he says next. His song in the night is with me. Now, I'm not saying that he's singing these joyful songs, but he's singing these songs that remind him of the faithfulness of God. He's singing these songs that remind him of the love of God for him. He's singing these songs that remind him that God is the deliverer, that God is our salvation, that God is our God. And he sings songs that remind him of that. Some of the greatest songs that we sing were born out of the darkest times, the deepest, darkest tragedies. I love the old song, and I'm not going to tell you the story behind it, but I love the old song we sing sometimes. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust You, how I proved Him, or and or, Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, but oh for grace to do what? To trust you more. That song was born out of one of the darkest tragedies in this woman's life when she wrote that song. And yet that's what came out of it. Is It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. How I've proved him over and over. How I rest upon His promises and His word. And now, God, I'm just asking you, in this time, give me grace to trust you more. Songs, He sings. You know, that's the thing about music. Do you know why God gave us the gift of music? At least one reason I believe He gave us music. Because music is one of the only ways that we are able to express the emotions of our deepest um, feelings that we have. In music, that is the way that it can come out. That's the way we can express our, our love for people. That is the way we can express our hurt. That's the way we can express our anger. That's the way we can express any emotion that you have. Music is a gift for you to be able to take that and it's a self-expression of whatever it is that you're feeling at any in particular time. That's the reason why typically when you're going through a tough time or a good time, you turn to music. Whenever you get ready to clean house, what do you need to do? Need some encouragement. You need some get up and go. You need something to be able to express the emotion that you're feeling. And so here he reminds us of the gift that God has given us in song. In song. And he says, At the nighttime, I sing, and his song is with me. I could spend some time on that, but I'm not going to. Keep going with me. Verse um, uh, 8 By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, My rock. Here's the prayer he prays. Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning? Because of the oppression. You see the fight that's going on in this guy? You see the battle here? Now, on the one hand, he says, he's my rock. He's my deliverer. He's the one that I remember when I used to praise him. And I remember when I used to go to church with the crowd to praise him. And I thirst for him. 
And then he goes down and he says, God's my rock, but I say to him, Cut my microphone off. He says, why have you forgotten me? Now, we know that he don't really believe that God has forgotten him. I mean, think about everything else he said, right? He don't really believe that. But guess what? It feels like God's forgotten him. It feels like God's not there. At the first verse, he says, God, when shall I come before you? When will I get to see you again? It feels like you've forgotten me. Why do I go on mourning? Why is this darkness still there? Because of the oppression of the enemy. Verse 10. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? But then, again, I love this psalm because he ends it. The darkness has not lifted yet. He's still in it. You know, I have people all the time that'll, um, that'll say to me, I hate to ask you this again, preacher, but would you please pray for me again for this? I feel like I ask all the time. And I say to them, you know, wouldn't it be nice if all we had to do was just come and pray one time and the darkness was just gone? Wouldn't that be, I mean, wouldn't that be something? But how many of you know that's not the world we live in? This world is cursed. For your sake. In this world you have trouble. But be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. And one day the darkness will all be removed. But until then, we pray today. And the darkness may still be there tomorrow. And you know what we do again? We pray again. And a year from now, the darkness may still be there. And you know what we do again? We keep praying, and we keep praying, and we keep praying. And so, he says, he ends in verse 11, fighting in prayer. But he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. So I'll end it this morning just by saying this. If you are a child of God and you believe in the hope of Jesus Christ that when He comes back, that He is going to destroy every evil, every darkness, and that He is going to wipe away every tear, and He is going to dry every eye, and He is going to make sure that sorrow is no more, pain is no more, death is no more, sickness is no more, And if you believe that, then I'm saying to you this morning, no matter what season of darkness you go through, do you mourn? Yeah, you mourn. Does it feel sometimes like God's forgotten you? Yeah, it feels that way. But you remind yourself of who God is. You thirst for Him with everything in you. You don't hide away from Him. That's the time you seek Him more than you've ever sought Him. You pant for him like a deer that pants for the waters of a stream. You remember that it's not always been this way. That he's been good. That he's been gracious. He's blessed me in so many ways. And you remind yourself of the past joys. And then you keep praying and you keep 
reminding yourself of the love that God has for you, that He is your God, that you are His child. And then you keep singing songs of faith and you keep asking God for grace to trust Him even more and more. And most importantly, quit listening to yourself and start preaching to yourself. Why am I cast down, O my soul? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him again. He is my deliverer, and He is my rock. He is my God, and I'll praise Him through it. You take those tools, and you will be instructed, and you will be wise in the way that you approach your next season of darkness. And you'll come through this thing a stronger person in faith because of it.